and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one conclusive page of Talmud every day. And what a day! What a joyous day. What a sad day. What a bittersweet day today is because today, after so many months of studying all about Yom Kippur and its rituals, we finally come to the end of Tractate Yoma. And when we reach such a juncture, such a critical moment in our education, in our spiritual growth, who do we call upon to guide us, to summarize for us, to inspire us, and to shepherd us forward, if not our teacher and our friend, the great, the one, the only, Rabbi David Beshevkin, hello. Liel, what a joyous, bittersweet day, exactly as you said, to be talking with you on our final page of Tractate Yuma. What an unbelievably Mm. mysterious and marvelous journey it has been. It really has been. And you know what? This one really illuminated for me more corners and raised more questions than I thought the sort of, as the Talmud always does, you know, as I thought that this very, very specific focus on one day would. So give us give us final parting words. I know we finish every track date by promising that we will return, but give us some words of wisdom to remember this wonderful Masechet, this wonderful track date by. For me, when I think about Tractate Yuma, I think about what we spoke about on page two, on Daf Bays, the opening page of Tractate Yuma, which is, I remember we tried to speak about what is the theme at the heart of Yuma. And for me, I think a lot of the mystery of Yuma is contained in its very name. The name of the Tractate Yuma, which is an invented name, which means the day. And I think at the heart of Tractate Yuma is the notion of time itself. Because the question that I think so many people, myself included, every single page is, Tractate Yuma, where are you taking us? We're going into this foreign, mysterious world in the Holy of Holies, into the temple. We're going through all of these rituals. And we ask ourselves, like, where did we journey throughout this tractate? And I think the question is not so much where did we go, but when did we go? Because at the heart of the journey of Yom Kippur, at the heart of the journey of tractate Yom Kippur, is really looking at this tractate and this day as a time machine. And I wrote about this in the essay that you so kindly welcomed me to contribute on tablet at the end of each tractate. And that is that Yom Kippur is a time machine where we go to rectify our past. But it's not the same time machine that we're used to from movies with Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. It is not a DeLorean, you're you're saying. It's not a DeLorean. It's not a DeLorean. It's a different type of time travel. What Yom Kippur is about is traveling not into our past to change our future, but Yom Kippur is traveling into the future in order to change our past. It is going into that future, into that time of reconciliation when God's name will once again be full and recognized by all of society, when spirituality will be so obviously apprehensible that it will almost be instinctive. And for one day a year, 
we travel into that future. If you look around in Shul and Yom Kippur, everybody's wearing white. We're not eating. We are almost angelic in the sense that we're in that messianic end of times eschatological future when everything is already resolved. And that's why at the heart of this tractate, we have this mysterious ceremony with the two goats, the goat that represents all good and the goat that represents evil. Because in the end of times, even the suffering, even the evil, the difficulty, the pain that we have in our lives is going to be resolved as well. And for one day a year, we bring that into the ritual and show us that all of our lives are a part of this narrative, that ultimately the arc of our personal religious lives is bending towards that perfected future. And on Yom Kippur, we step into our personal holy of holies and we embrace and embody that ultimate future where everything is one, where we are one, where God's name is one, and the world is one. And even once we exit, we still have a little bit of that taste, a little bit of that roadmap that we can apprehend that holy of holies and the vision that Tractate Yuma provided us can still endure even once we close the page. That was such a moving, beautiful summary. And now there's only one thing left to do. May I ask you, please, to do us the honor and recite the blessing that we recite at the end of every tractate, promising that we shall return and study it once again. Hadran Allah Mesechas Yuma Vahadran Alan. Mesechas Yuma, we will return to you, and God willing, you will return to us. Men Rabbi David Vashevkin, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.